second chance point. Point points, second chance points. That's the key. I mean, turnovers and second chance points. Late in the game, you know, we missed the free throws, we missed some layups. You don't like that to happen, but throughout the game, too many turnovers and second chance points. And really, the turnovers have been pretty high on this whole game. Yeah. And see anything why the well, it is. It is. Has been the last few games, no question. We have to. We have to stop it from happening because that's it's costing us uh, a great opportunity. Basically, 24 turnovers. Basically, one whole entire quarter not playing offense. Uh, it's hard to. It's hard to win that way. Um, but we have to correct it. We have to film and see, you know, what's going on. No question that they load up. They play their zone on the weak side, and we have to make sure we. Attack and move quick. Um, but 24 turnovers, it's, it's a high number to win. What? early, you got that success. To be honest, as the game progressed, yeah, so yeah, we're able to get a Yeah, I, I thought we did a, you know, a decent job on it. You know, he's 9 for 23. The last three or four minutes, you know, he, he was playing physical and he got inside on us. We allowed that. If you allow that, he's not, you're not going to be able to out jump him. His length, he doesn't have to jump. He's going to be over, over the rim. You know. So we got to do a better job of being physical throughout the game and throughout the, uh, throughout the shot clock. And we're going to do that tonight, along with our turnovers and second 10 points and this layers and free throws. What have you seen in the yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, you have to give, give him something. He was making his threes tonight. And he's been, he's been making them recently. He hasn't uh, done it throughout the year consistently, but three out of five tonight. Uh, he's an attack player. You've you got to give him something, and that's what we choose to do. And he, he made some. And, and in his face, uh, threes, and we got some more live with those. But uh, the turnovers, I just keep going back. We, we can't afford to have 24 turnovers in the game. When it comes to uh, Brad's turnovers in particular, is that kind of a product of problem problems? Well, they, they, they're definitely a physical team, and, and they get into you, and they send bodies, uh, multiple bodies towards you, and, and their weak side is always in, and we got to you know, do a better job of getting off the basketball and, and moving the ball to the weak side, and it's something that we talked about before the game. We did it at times tonight. Uh, but, you know, the game was in balance both ways, and, you know, we, we couldn't get a, a score, and we got great looks, and we couldn't make a free throw. Pretty much those are uncontested, if I'm not mistaken. And then we have, um, you know, Giannis made big plays. He made big plays down the stretch, um, kind of like what he did the last game. Yeah, obviously, you want Don Bryant taking shots. It seems like they were taking more of the other three shots left. Yeah, I mean it could be. I mean Kelly got nine, Otto got you know, eight, six. We like to get Otto more, but Otto has to help himself get more. You know, bottom line is Otto needs to get himself open and and and, and be ready to catch and shoot and to get more shots. Yeah. That's their length problem, one, and then we got to put bodies on them. You, you let long athletic players uh, a free lane down to the rim, you're not going to unchunk them. And we, we need to learn that lesson uh, once again. And to me, you shouldn't learn other than who you play, you shouldn't know what they do. And if you think you're going to jump some of these guys, you're not going to happen. To be honest, it's, as big and as athletic as any big in this league. And you got seven offensive What's going on, everybody? Another uh, wonderful week here. The Focus TV. Cardell's trying to get acclimated in a different seat. The light's different over there, aren't they? I ain't got to lean over like you in a guest seat today, it feels weird, huh? Hey, man. Uh, guest. <laughs> Octavius here, dawned out in her finest Eagles gear. Uh, to surprise to no one. Uh, 
I just did it just for you guys. Uh, I, look, I told you not gonna bother me. <laughs> I'm, ca- I'm counting down the moments to the NFL calendar here. Here changes, so I'm here for you. You know, good luck to your team this week. Uh, but we're gonna start tonight's show off with uh, with another segment. It's gonna be kind of fun. So Cardell challenged me today to find a list of the top women players from this area in all of collegiate basketball. Hmm. It hurt my head oh so much. <laughs> For that reason, he's going to start with his list with the men's, then I'll follow up with the women. Oh, so I'm the ready. floor is no, yours. I, I know you're ready. Go ahead. All right, man. You know, here we go. A uh, guy I love. I love him since St. Francis. So, you know, you up there um, in Baltimore area, Adamo, Daquan Bracy, uh, Louisiana Tech. Point guard, he's a sophomore point guard. He averaging 15.3 points, 4.9 assists, 2.4 rebounds. And he a dog. I mean, straight up dog. I think he got a shot at the league in a few years. Um, he keep doing what he's doing. Um, they were winning great to start the season. But, um, you know, I guess the conference play, you know, like we always talk about conference play, everybody knows you. So they kind of caught up to him. Whatever. But he he always been a favorite. Ever since I saw him tore up uh, with DMV Elite 80 back in, I believe, it was 2015. When I say he destroyed the top – players in the area. I mean, destroyed him. He was <laughs> looking like Kyrie out there dancing on him, jumpers. <laughs> and what most people don't know, he's an production. Like, he can, he can hit jumpers with both hands. Like, that's how he be messing people up. They, they all right, I see you can shoot right-handed, then he'll hit a left-hand jumper. So, he's a problem. Um, Jalen Adams, senior point, senior point guard out of St. Bonaventure. Um, I'm see, I've been seeing a lot of him, obviously, covering GW. He's averaging 18 and a half points, 4.4 rebounds, and 5.1 assists a game. Um, Chris Likes, freshman, Miami, turning heads. Uh, a lot of people questioned if he was uh, his size, if he could play in the ACC. Those of us that saw him knew better. Um, his athleticism gets him over the top. He's one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the country, averaging 8.1 points and uh, one and a half assists a game. And a kid that actually came from Duval, Ed Polite Jr., um, he was on the Duval team. They kind of had to run towards the states, but they felt short. I think they felt the wise. Um, he's leading Radford. Um, Radford's 12 and 7. He's leading Radford with 14.1 points and 8.1 rebounds. Um, Jarius Lyles, former DeMatha point guard, um, averaging 20.9 points, uh, 5.8 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Jeffrey Dalton, another A10 kid. Um, y'all got to look out for Rhode Island. He's a sophomore point guard. Um, came out of St. John's. Rhode Island got a shot. I mean, a shot to go deep in the tournament. They're one of those mid majors that. You know, can cause a lot of so-called high major power teams, power programs, a lot of problems because of their, the depth of their guard. And, you know, in the tournament, guard play is most important because even then, even with, if you got the right amount of guard play, it can even affect dominant big man. And um, he's very efficient, um, great all-around player. And one thing I noticed when they came down here and played GW, he, he's sharp defensively. I didn't know he had that in him. Like, he's really a lockdown defender, so... You know, let's say they get to the tournament and get a go against Trey Young, you know, Trey Young and the Oklahomans and all that stuff like that, Colin Sexton's or something like that. You know, it'd be a nice little matchup. He's averaging 8.9 points, 3.1 rebounds, 5.3 assists. Then uh, Marquise Reed, another kid, um, he's actually got signed to Mar- uh, Robert Morris out of um, high school. Then he transferred to Clemson. And right now, Clemson's 15-2. He's averaging 15.9 points, 4.7 rebounds, and 3 assists a game. Another kid, Franklin Howard from Paul the Six, uh, up at Syracuse, had a rocky couple years, had to learn. And, you know, I respect him for not running. You know, he took the coaching from Bayheim. And now, you know, Syracuse and Brady's 12 and 6. He's averaging 15.4 points, 5.5, five and a half assists, 3.3 rebounds. Local kid playing from, you know, my Terps, you know, Anthony Cowan, sophomore point guard, you know, Maryland 14 and 6. Injuries hitting him hard right now, so he's trying to keep him afloat. Uh, he's averaging 16.4 points. 4.7 rebounds, 4.6 assists. Uh, Robert Johnson, another kid, you know, Boo Williams kid, further down Virginia at Indiana, their starting point guard. 11, they're 11-7 right now. He's averaging 13.6 points, 4.2 rebounds, 2.7 assists a game. And another local kid who started out at Wise but transferred to St. John's and, you know, went to work, James Palmer Jr. Uh, he's like a 6'6 Uber, you know, real long-rangey athlete. They can do a little bit of everything. He's averaging 15.7 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 2.6 assists a game. All right. That's a really, really well put together list, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to start off my list, which is the women's list, with uh, a Terp. Okay. So no surprise. I know you're happy to hear that. But uh, we're going to start off with Kyla Charles. Okay. Uh, went to Riverdale Baptist. 
As I said, she's a Terp. She's currently averaging 17.2 points a game, 8.4 rebounds for Maryland. And I expect that number to go up after losing Blair Watson. She would be asked to do more. Um, you know, the, the number's a little bit lower in conference play, but again, you got to give her a couple games to deal with, you know, for that team to get on with life after losing a crucial piece. Because not only did they lose um, a wing defender, they lost the person that stretches the defense out. Right. Which is everything for a face-up player like Kyla. So, you know, good luck to her the rest of this year. She goes to deal with the, the different way the floor is going to be balanced. All right, next we got Amari Carter, St. John's. That's in D.C. is where she attended high school. She's currently at Penn State. 15 and a half points per game. She's shooting 40 from the floor, but she's making it up. She's shooting 36 from three. All right, next, Michaela Vinson. She's at Georgetown out of Yorktown, VA. 14.4 points a game. We got Shanette Harris next, Virginia Tech. She went to Maury High School. She's averaging 12.4 points a game. And what I like the most about this, 6.6 assists. You know, as as a, as a point guard, she's making sure the ball is moving, and three point three rebounds. So that's four. Fifth player is Stephanie Jones, younger sister Brianna Jones at Maryland, with Kyla Charles. As I said about Kyla, they're gonna need Stephanie to step it up a little bit more too. With the, with the loss of Blair, everyone's gonna have to step up. And the biggest thing for Stephanie, she's kind of playing that undersized five role at Maryland. So they they literally depend so much on her production on the glass. Um, but they, they, they're definitely going to need all hands on deck to help in uh, the scoring department. She went to Aberdeen High School in Maryland. She's averaging 11.6 points per game and seven rebounds. Next, we got Taylor Murray. She's at Kentucky. In high school, she attended Annapolis Area Christian, 10.8 points a game and five rebounds. We have Danielle Edwards at Clemson leading her team in scoring. It's a really balanced attack. At Clemson, still 10.3 points a game, 3.5 rebounds. She went to McDonough. Uh, Stevenson, she's at Wake Forest. She went to Prince George's High School in Virginia, averaging 9.9 points a game. We can round that up to 10 if that's safe. It's not too much. Um, ninth, Dijanae Boykin. A lot of people remember she originally committed to UConn, transferred out. She's currently at Penn State. Uh, she went to CH Flowers. She's averaging seven points. And, you know, while that's not a lot of points, what I am impressed by, she's averaging nine boards a game. Hmm. Last, we have um, Megan Walker up in Connecticut. Uh, I'd be remiss if you ignored it. I know the point total isn't the same. I expect that point total to go up as a year. I think Cardell does as well, uh, you know, just to find her way. But she's going to end up being crucial. She's end up being a pivotal piece to the best team in the country. Uh, she's currently averaging 5.8 points per game and 3.3 rebounds. That concludes my list, sir. Okay. And thank you for hurting my head today with the research. <laughs> hey, man. Got some good lists, though. I need help, man. Yeah. Man. Y'all let the people know. <laughs> but one of the one of the things I just want to share about the women's list, which was why it took a little bit longer, was there's so many players out this area that made that Hoops Girl 100. And the tough part was some players were in the midst of transferring, mm-hmm. and then or they're the year after they transferred, and they haven't fully found their role right. at the new team. So there was a lot of players. I, like It wasn't like those were just the first 10. Yeah. There was a bunch of people yeah. I had to admit. So that's why I want to go ahead and just make, let that be known, that I don't want anybody to think like, you know, some of the points per game is like nine points a game. There's a lot of players on that list. There's a lot of players that were ranked higher than some of these players on those Hoops Girls 100 list. But, you know, you know things happen in college. People transfer. Right trying to get acclimated and sometimes, you know, being part of the team, this is kind of some of the difference between women's basketball and men's basketball. Your role is sometimes more defined in the women's game and being more, you know, finding out where you fit. So, you know, give them a year or two and we'll see what happens. But it was just want to make it clear. There was an abundance of talent on those lists. Um, No, again, just don't want you to think (laughs) that was just, it was quick to get those 10 names. All right, so we're going to move on. We got a lot going for you guys tonight. Uh, coming up in this first break, you guys already know high school rankings are updated. So you're watching the Focus TV, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. As we already told you, Octavius here decked out in full Eagles gear, which means it is time for her NFL segment. So I'm turning my mic off. Cardell's don't sound mic excited. Off. I told you I'm excited. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I say anything mean to you today about you? You did not, and I appreciate did it. Did I not tell you I wish y'all the best going forward? You sure forward? did, and I appreciate it. Did I also it. not tell you I just want to get to the new you calendar did. year? 
as long as the new no. calendar year includes us. Hey, if it does for you, congratulations. You know, that's the difference. That's the small place we differ. I'm literally indifferent the rest of the way. But the floor is yours. All right, cool. So I'm actually going to go in order of the games this weekend. So I will be starting with the Eagles versus the Falcons. Oh, my God. I just saw your whole eyes just roll. Like the that's whole why I thing. wish I could see the monitor sometimes. I Number am. One. I'm going in order. Okay. Uh, Mike's back off. All right, so the Eagles played the Falcons this week. Um, Eagles 15, Falcons 10. So Nick Foles, 23 of 30, 246 yards. Uh, Jay Ajayi had 15 carries, 54 yards. LeGarrette Blount had nine carries, 19 yards and one touchdown. And Alshon Jeffrey, four receptions and 61 yards. Matt Ryan with 22 of 36, 210 yards and one touchdown. Tevin Coleman, 10 carries, 79 yards, while Devontae Freeman also had 10 carries but for 7 yards, but he also had 5 receptions for 26 yards and 1 touchdown. And to round it out, Julio Jones, 9 receptions, 101 yards. Um, first of all, of course, I'm excited. But um, in regards to the game itself, it was, to me, it was a, a, a tough kind of game. You could tell it was a more defensive game. I feel like neither team's offense really got into a great groove, although I feel like both teams did enough. Not not enough because obviously they lost, but enough as far as moving the ball because both of the quarterbacks did have over 200 yards as far as passing. Um, although Nick Foles didn't throw a touchdown, I, I felt like that – the scheme that Peterson came up with this week fit him well for the for the game. You could tell how hard they worked on that situation. You could tell that they were going to move everything through the running game. Um, of course, you could tell – you could see the rust from being off for two weeks, um, starting the game with a fumble. It was a lot. It, it was bad really, really early. Um, but the defense always seems to be – the the team that keeps it together for them, um, you know, holding the Falcons to 10 points, um, keeping them scoreless in the second half, uh, controlling the run game as well. Um, and, of course, with uh, Jalen Mills coming up with the big um, – although Julio Jones did fall, but coming up with the big save at the end on the fourth down at the goal line. So, um, to me, it was a, it was a hard-fought game. Um, I feel like at this point they, it can only get better from here. Um, you know, the Falcons are – Back in Atlanta, licking their wounds, unfortunately. It, it seems like the state of Georgia is having a hard time with games this year in, in every aspect. Um, so I'm sure that they're upset and they're, they're looking forward to get ready for next year, like you. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens. Also, after that game, you had the Titans versus the Patriots. Titans 14, Patriots 35. Uh, Marcus Mariota, 22 of 37, 254 yards and two touchdowns. Mariota also led them in rushing. He had four carries for 37 yards. Uh, Henry had 12 carries for 28 yards. And Eric, uh, Decker had six receptions for 85 yards. Tom Brady was 35 of 53, 337 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Deion Lewis, 15 carries, 62 yards. White and Bolden each also had rushing touchdowns. And Amendola, 11 receptions for 112 yards. Gronk had six receptions, 81 yards for one touchdown. White and Hogan also each had a receiving touchdown. Um, I'm gonna be completely honest. I did not watch this whole game. I didn't 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 want to. I got you. Didn't want to waste got you. time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it, it it was what we thought it would be. You know, like I said last week, what really hinged on the Titans having any type of chance was if Derrick Henry could repeat the same performance he had last week, which he did not. Like I said, he had 12 carries for. I'm sorry, I lost my place. 12 carries for 28 yards, you know. And I've said this all season. Whenever you're, to me, whenever your quarterback has more rushing yards than your running back, it's not a good thing. So um, their coach decided to part ways with the Titans as well. <laughs> they said it was mutual. I don't know. How, uh, you can read into that <laughs> on your own. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Brady was Brady. I felt like he did it in ease. It didn't look like it stressed him out at all. He threw five touchdowns. Um, I mean, it was five touchdowns altogether for all of them. You know, it was just easy. You know, James White coming back. Um, I think Hogan was coming back as well. So they're 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 in postseason stride at this point. You know, they're they're doing what they usually do. So um, next game you have the Jaguars versus the Steelers. So I will say Sunday's games were awesome. Yes. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there before we start. 
Um, so we have the Jaguars versus the Steelers. Jaguars 45, Steelers 42. Um, Blake Borders, 14 of 26, 214 yards and one touchdown. Leonard Fournette, 25, 25 carries, 109 yards and three touchdowns. T.J. Yeldon also had five carries for 20 yards and one rushing touchdown and three receptions for 57 yards and one receiving touchdown. Uh, Roethlisberger was 37 to 58, 469 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, 16 carries, 67 yards, one rushing touchdown, and nine receptions, 88 yards, and one touchdown. Antonio Brown, seven receptions, 132 yards, two touchdowns. And Marcevius Bryant and Smith-Schuster also had receiving touchdowns. So, as you can tell, it was a lot of offense in this game, although um, the Jags' defense was always there the entire time. You know, they they – I feel like most of uh, the Steelers' points were, like, in the second half. Um, they were taking it to them real early and, and often. Miles Jack was, you know, getting interceptions, running all over the place. Jalen Ramsey was amazing, like he's been all year. Jacksonville, it looks like they, they've been real all year, um, which is why a lot of the talk going on back and forth between the teams were, you know, I don't understand why the Steelers were so confident. You know, we beat y'all 30-9 in week <laughs> five, um, but, you know, they all say that we didn't have our footing yet and we weren't ready yet and we were trying to, you know, figure some things out. But Jacksonville ain't caring anything about that at all. So, and they took it to them. And, you know, and even as well as Jacksonville played, you know, the Steelers always find a way to hang around. You know, Roethlisberger is a vet. He's been in the game for a while. So, you know, he was going to pull it together. And Antonio Brown made some amazing catches, like, that I didn't think he caught. But when you look at it in slow motion, he definitely caught them. You know, so I, I'm sure that they're licking their wounds as well and a, a little bit upset about the game, but it is what it is. I think that for the Steelers, what happened was they were so busy focused on the Patriots as, a fo- as opposed to focusing on the Jags. They were talking about, you know, all these rematch games that they were going to have, you know, have back-to-back weeks of rematch games playing against the Jags and then playing against the, the Patriots again, but they didn't get there. So that teaches a lot of kids you know, never underestimate your opponent. You always got to play the game that's in front of you, and that's where the still is messed up at. And to round it off, best game of the weekend would be the Saints versus the Vikings. Saints 24, Vikings 29. Drew Brees was 25 of 40, 294 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Alvin Kamara, 11 carries, 43 yards, with four receptions, 62 yards, and one touchdown. Mark Ingram also had 10 carries and 25 yards. And Thomas has seven receptions, 85 yards, and two touchdowns. Case Keenum, 25 of 40, 318 yards, one touchdown, (laughs) one interception. Uh, Latavius Murray, 19 carries, 50 yards, 100, I'm sorry, 50 yards, one touchdown. McKinnon had eight carries, 34 yards, and one touchdown. And Stephon Diggs, six receptions, 137 yards, and one walk-off touchdown. first in NFL history. In the in the like it was amazing like I remember literally watching the game like okay it's over like kind of halfway watching it you know scrolling on Twitter to see what everybody's saying what's about the cap like you know how uh, Viking fans are going to be upset Saints fans are going to be excited and in the split second uh, I can't. I, I can't remember what the rookie's name is. Mr. Tackle Williams. There we go. Everybody knows but me. <laughs> okay. And you could see the looks on everybody's faces. Like even the Vikings that were on the field. Like I feel like even Case Keenum. Like when he threw the ball, he was just like, "All right, well, there it is." And to see Stephon Diggs, who is a Maryland product, straight out of Maryland, guys, and run all the way down for the walk-off touchdown. You know, it's a testament to the fact that the Vikings do not give up. And you can see that it's been that way the entire season. Although their defense gets a lot of credit, you know, because their defense is one of the best in the NFL, their offense is nothing to play with either. Like we talked about earlier today, you know, Stephon Diggs, Thielen, you know, although Latavius Murray hasn't been as great as he's been in the past, he's been a great running back from the McKinnon. You know, they have a lot of pieces out there, and I feel like the Saints were probably doing the same thing that the Steelers did. You know, I feel like they were overlooking their opponent. They felt like, you know, we should be able to win this game, and they came out, hit them in the mouth 17-0, you know, in the first half. So next week's games are going to be really, really good. We have um, conference championships. AFC, you have the Patriots versus the Jaguars. I'm really excited to see that game. 
because I, I really feel like at this point it's a toss-up. I feel like with the – I feel like you always got to know it's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Brady and them. Like, they they not going to come to play. But I feel like the Jaguars have such a big chip on their shoulder that they're ready for anything, and I feel like they're hungry for it. So I feel like, you know, their physical play could actually help them a lot in this game because Brady don't like when you get all up in his grill. He don't like when you all up, you know, all close to him, getting a lot of sacks and things like that. Um, so I'm really excited to see that it's in Foxborough. Um, Jalen Ramsey has already come out and said that they are going That's to win. Guy. So we'll see how that goes for them next week. <laughs> and then you have the Eagles versus the Vikings. Um, to me, you know, it's 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 going to be a good game. You know, I'm excited to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being very unbiased right now. Hey, Carter, you killing me? <laughs> I'm being I'm being very unbiased right now. I think it's going to be a great game. You know, um, I'm going to be honest. I, I was hoping that the Vikings won. I, I, me personally, I would rather see the Vikings than the Saints. That's just my, my personal opinion. Get that but, stuff on. Be ready, though. But I don't mean it like that. I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying, like, I, I discredit oh, the Vikings. Oh, she mean the stuff on. <laughs> Handle your business. Nah, man. Nah, nah, nah. I don't say it like that. I'm not saying this is about to be a walk in the park at all. At all. Don't I would, cop a plea now. <laughs> I would feel a little bit more comfortable if we did still have wins and they were still playing like they were midseason. But, you know, at this point, the offense is still a little bit suspect. Don't don't get me wrong. So I, I'm, I'm not, you know, like a crazy, you know, unrealistic fan. So it, it's just going to be a good game. You know, the Vikings got to come to Lincoln. They got to come to Lincoln Financial. They got to play in the cold. There's no turf. It ain't no dome. You know, you got to get down and, and, and get real out there. So, I, I feel like both teams are going to be ready for it. I'm just excited to see the game. Man, it's negative 10 walking to the car. We ain't worried about no coach. I was about, to, I was about <laughs> to say, like, they just got a dome. They've been playing outside. Not, I, not them. Nah, I know. I'm just saying. Like, and it's, I, it's and at the though. same time, you know, I'm still – Still, like Keenum, he's been. It's been weird. Like he's been playing it's, amazing look, all year. Like it's, it's got to come to an end soon, look, right? It's fair, <laughs> and and that's the same way to, just like you feel about Keenum. I'm sure the Vikings defense is like, Drew Brees is gone. We get Nick Foles. You know, so it's like if I know again, if I'm the Vikings defense, I'm looking like, oh Lord, thank you, Drew is gone. Mm-hmm. That evil man with that perfect ball placement. Yeah, no matter what no happens, I ain't, I ain't even. You know, lie. like the ball is di- diving out the air like a pitcher. Uh, so shout out to Trav for the for the Vikings pitchers. And he was talking to me about watching Drew Brees on the sideline. He was like, literally, you would like Vikings defenders thought the ball was coming right at him until it wasn't. So I'm sure they're so happy that Nick Foles doesn't have that type of control. I'm, I'm unless sure. we haven't seen it. Yet. Hey, maybe he's so been hiding it. We'll you see never what know. And I look so forward to Jacksonville and the Patriots because Jacksonville is literally the they're built exactly the perfect way of all the things Tom Brady doesn't like mm-hmm. all together. As one, but Blake Bortles is his quarterback, so that's the other thing, you know. And, and I'm gonna just throw this out there real quick, yeah. you know. I just gotta say, we we are not the underdogs this week. I mean, you guys are fighting for the underdog role, so that's great. <laughs> uh, Carl, before we go to break, you want to talk about the All Americans real quick? So. <laughs> Floor is yours, sir. Yeah, um, McDonald's All American, now Steph Rosses, and we had a you know five players from that area on the girls and hey. boys side that that made in the game. Uh, Shakira Austin, Riverdale Baptist. Maryland commit. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of her soon. Much needed. Mr. Wilson. Uh, Myra Collins from Paul to Six. Tennessee commit. Honestly, Scott Grayson from Riverdale Baptist also. She's going to Baylor. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly from John Carroll, signed to Kentucky. And uh, Jalen Smith, Mount St. Joseph, staying home, playing at Maryland. Mm. Congrats Amen. to those players. Congrats to those five players. And I definitely can't wait to see the Maryland commit <laughs> at all because she's much needed uh, on that part of the that part of the, their team. So we're going to take a quick break. You're watching the Focus TV. And when we get back, we got a Wizards update. And the NBA section is going to be fun. We had to pick our all-star teams. That's the other list I was talking about that hurt my brain. And then we got a little bit of rapid fire before we close out. So thank you, guys. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you guys for already tuning in for watching the Focus. So we, we've talked about a lot this evening already. But we'd be remiss if we get through a show without a Wizards segment. Got to talk about them. They just finished a five-game homestand. They went two and three on the homestand. So for specifics, please get over to finestmag.com. Get over to mymodelsports.com. Now they're going on a road for five games. They come back on the 30th to play Octavia's Oklahoma City Thunder. She's no longer a Knicks fan. She denounced them <laughs> hey, that quick. Hey, it is quick. what it is. I, did, I, I do what I got to do. Yeah. yeah. So, Cardell, I usually start off with the Wizards, but where do you want to start with? 
I know you brought some great numbers tonight. I mean, uh, the reason why they keep losing is because of, I call like energy hustle plays, mm-hmm. um, fouls, and when you foul a lot, it leads to free throw attempts. And um, I did some digging, and I realized um, the Wizards are ranked 26 in fouls. Like, it, you know, it's crazy, which means they're not playing smart defense and, and guys are not moving their feet or they're out of position. They're not rotating somewhere along the line. Something's not, somebody's breaking down. And it's uh, leaving the team vulnerable and teams are capitalizing. Um, I actually did more digging and I saw that, you know, uh, it's three players that already have over 100 fouls on the season. Thanks. And we're not even at all-star break yet. Um, Uber leads the team with 127. Um, and actually uh, 52 of them are shooting. But I kind of gave him kind of a, you know, you know, excuses a little bit because he's usually guarding one of the top players. Right. So you you guarding LeBron and all them James Harden, all those guys, you yeah, don't wow. accumulate fouls. So that's just that just go with the territory. Um, but his alarming rate, a backup center Ian Mahimi is behind him with 125 fouls. You know that 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 can't happen. That means he's putting a lot of guys on the line. You know what I'm saying? Fifty same amount, fifty two were shooting, and then 113 fouls were by Marquise Morris. Uh, same amount, fifty two shooting. So. The total team fouls so far this season is 950 from those three players alone. It's 365. You know, oh, that yeah, can't that's happen. That's more than a third. Like. That's a, exactly. So just think about how all the free throws that may have came from that guy knocking down free throws, that puts you in a hole. Mm-hmm. So that tells you it's – and then with that being said, all the bad bats where you see all the turnovers and all that, we just still have chances to win the game at the end. And so that's it's the most beating frustrating part Thank you. about it. And that's what's be- – they're beating themselves with just fundamental stuff. And it's just at this point, they got to do it. It's nothing the coaching staff, nothing. They have to just decide we're not going to do that. And then um, opponents average 23.7 free throw attempts when playing the Wizards. That's 25th in the league. You know what I'm saying? So – and Wizards allow – on our off, on rebounded, Wizards allowed 10.3 offensive rebounds a game, which is ranked 25th. So you're getting second-chance points on top of them fouling you, sending you to the line for easy points. Those points accumulate in the end. That's why they're losing the bad teams. And that negates the fact that they lead the league in three-point defense, yep. which is what's crazy. They stop you from getting the triple, but you can get the second chance in a foul, mm-hmm. which is essentially the same thing if not more. as a triple. <laughs> Little things, man. And, and that's literally in the best part of, you know, the main part of what you said that struck out to me. We talk a lot about it. It's, it's nothing. It, this is an internal fix. It's up to them. You know, you cut down the turnovers. Games are different. Those turnovers impact games so crazy. In the, the five-game home stand, they had two of those games with 20-plus turnovers. Mm-hmm. Mind you, they lost both those games by a point, like point differential of, like, 15. It's not like they got blown out in either one of those games. But those turnovers happen at the worst times. You can't turn the ball over down the stretch. You can't have 11 turnover quarters. You know, it's, it's just horrible. And the fouling is – that's the fouling usually happens in the midst of a run. Again, like they literally just stopped themselves from being successful. So they got a road trip. Um, you know, we talk, you mentioned already talk about the All-Star break coming up and might be a good thing for some folks. Kind of take some time, get your head where it needs to be at to make this run in the second half. Because, again, the most frustrating thing is it's not like this is a, this is a team that lacks talent. They have more than enough to do what they need to do. It's about taking care of the small things and building those championship habits. All right. So we mentioned the All-Star. We're going to segue into our All-Star teams. And got some time after that, jump in some rapid fire. So who wants to start with the All-Star team? Octavia? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I you guess know, I'll start. Hey, you, know, so you had your head down. We both looked at you. And so. I was like, let me you check know. my list real quick. Okay. So, in the East, um, for the starters, I got Kyrie, LeBron, DeMar, Giannis, and Joel. For my bench, I got Brad Bill, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, John Wall, Hold on, hold on. We doing bench. I thought we just doing starters. No, I told her either or for just in case. Okay, so we can see. I'm good with the starters. Okay, okay I'm going to say, I just, no, just followed the direction. We're going to wait no, on that. No, 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 that's on me. So you oh, all right. So, yeah, worse. those are my starters. I'm going to repeat them. I got Kyrie, LeBron, DeMar, Giannis, and Joel. Okay. For the West, I got Katie, James Harden, Steph, LaMarcus, and Anthony Davis. All right. Cardell? 
Okay, I think I had the same starters as you for the East. I tell you, I had Kyrie, Demar, Bron, Giannis, and JoJo. Mm-hmm. Um, for the West, I had Russ, Harden, KD, Boogie, and AD. All right, for me in the East, uh, Kyrie Irving, Victor Oladipo, mm-hmm. Demar Derozan, LeBron, and Giannis. Uh, out West, I got Steph, uh, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, yeah, Kevin Durant, and Lamarcus Aldridge. Yep, I try to reward winning. I feel like that was my that was kind of like my Achilles heel. Like I was like, uh, that was the thing that like I had the issue with is trying to figure out like the individual production uh, and the winning wins, because yeah. because some of the guys like you mentioned Boogie and AD they like at five hundred they're not winning consistently. Mm-hmm. But you look at some of the astronomical even, numbers, even JoJo, you know they, they you ain't know, winning, winning, but you know I mean, he's still him though. <laughs> They're literally in a better place than, you know, the Pelicans are at the, at the moment. So that another part that was stuffing me with, like, Steph, with, again, as you said, if you're rewarding winning, then that's easy. Cause just because he's missed some games here and there. And, mm-hmm. You know, but, again, those are our all-star starters. Uh, we going to do the reserves next week? We can. Okay. That's I might have fun. to switch them in or not. <laughs> oh, no. Nah, nah, which it's on wax now. You can't go yeah. back and switch. Like, edit it real quick. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you guys do in Philly, but once you go oh, away, shots. Pow, 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 pow. And he <laughs> said he was being nice to me <laughs> today, right? He was, holding, he was holding the clip. He was just oh, holding the ammo, man. That was like a shot. That was just one. Oh, we got, gosh. hold on, we got 44 minutes into a show. I fired one shot. I think mm-hmm. that's outstanding behavior. Okay. You know, Damo's the one that says something about the Super Bowl thing. I've said nothing. So, if anything. <laughs> Damo was in here knocking stuff over. He was so upset. I know, break the light. <laughs> like, I got the eagles. You got the brooder. Come on, Snyder. <laughs> All right, man. It's a rapid fire time. Okay. Oh, man. Start off with an easy one. How bad do the Cavaliers miss Kyrie Irving. Ooh, they miss him so bad. <laughs> okay, so look. I'm a start. <laughs> I chuckled my way through every trash offensive possession. I think it was like in the third or fourth quarter when he missed like 14 or 15 shots. Yeah, it was like I was just sitting there like, or 15, it'd be something. nice to have a really good shot maker, wouldn't it? <laughs> Bail you out some of these bad shots. Oh, they miss him so bad. They never going to say it. But hey, they, they miss him hey, something look, serious. All I know is going to state was grinning and chuckling on the bench. <laughs> They weren't doing that much grinning when Kyrie was out there hitting tough shots mm-hmm. over and over. They were kicking their feet up, laughing. The bench is going on 20 to 6 runs. I'm just, you know, some, sometimes you don't know what you did until it's gone. So, you know, hey. Like, come home, Kyrie, come home. Nah, you can't go back there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, i sure you, everyone, know that uh, there was a post-game altercation after the uh, Clippers and Rockets game. Well, uh, Chris Paul reason others tried to get into the Clippers locker room, according to the reports. Um, who's to blame, first of all, and what does this tell you about, you know, the reason why the Clippers never pushed through? Because people forget the Clippers were seen as the team they were supposed to do what the Warriors are doing right now. Mm-hmm. Then the Warriors just came out of nowhere developing, and they was like, nah, you know, it's us. So what does it say about that all, all those years? Mentally fragile. Okay. Why they could never be taken seriously. Because they had more than enough talent to compete in the West mm-hmm. time and time again. Mentally fragile. I agree. I definitely agree. You know, I always feel like you got to throw in – you don't have to, but they did have a lot of injuries, but the, you can't use that as an excuse. Um, but, yeah, I just felt like they never just had the willpower. You know, those those series where they were up like 3-1 in, in the West and getting, you know – walked out of the playoffs after mm-hmm. that, you know, those types of laps of, of focus and, and things like that. To me, that's why they could never get over the hump. But um, this whole altercation, <laughs> shout out to Chris Paul and the guys he had in his, his commercial trying to storm the locker room. You know, ever since he got to, oh, uh, ever since he got to Houston, he done pulled James Harden and, and Trevor Reese in his commercials. He was like, you know, DJ, you can't be in my commercials no more because you're not on my team. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's great. I mean, I don't think it's crazy because I feel like stuff like this happens all the time. This is probably the first time we actually really, really heard about it. I don't know. This might be the first time somebody, like, really tried to squad up and, like, run up in somebody's locker room. But uh, it is what it is. I feel like they all just – their emotions were high. You know, they just were upset about everything. You know, Blake Griffin bumping the coach and, you know, it is what it is. It comes with the territory. You know, you see everybody upset lately nowadays in the NBA. Everybody – Ready to fight and, and go crazy, so I'm I'm not surprised at all. Nothing that happens in the NBA surprises me anymore. At least they did that part as a team. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just 
uh, ego. You, yeah. you, you, you pretty much that's the core what tore them apart. Ego, you know, coach and staff, you know, Doc Rivers, and, you know, Chris wanted things to go his way, Blake like chill. You could just tell there's a lot of little stuff that they were dealing with all the time. But my thing is, you know, everybody talk about being real. If you had those issues then, why not settle like a man? Why are you on a team when they're right there every day? You know, why all this coming out now? It, it's just, it's it's not real to me. You see what I'm saying? All mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, you big and bad, you know, you why are you going to have you bring your boys to the locker room, tell them about the secret back way to get in, DeAndre <laughs> Jordan, Patrick Beverly, like, y'all serious? Y'all not getting through here. Y'all going to go through us and all that. Then and they so scared because they see a bunch of seven-foot dudes trying to get in the locker room, people calling police and – you, then you see on NBA on TNT, Shaq and you know, Charles laughing at that. Up, yeah. So it, it, it's just charged. But the thing that makes it real bad is um, Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. He got to move different. You can't move like that, man. That you is a saying? great point. I and, forgot and about then, that. And then the animosity you had towards Austin Rivers, a lot of players in the league feel like, you know, he just he got what he got because of who Doc is. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, nah. I mean, Doc gave him a shot to preserve his career. He, he manned up and got better. And he stuck. He found a role that fits him. He was a bad boy in high school. He did good at Duke. He earned the, He earned what he got. Can't, man, it, it gets to a point where your parents can't get you there. You got it or you don't. Right. And all he did was just provide an example. He's like, come here, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's become one of the top defenders in the league and a reliable deep threat to play off DeAndre and Blake along with Lou Wins, and he's hurt. So I don't understand this uh, – Attacking him with the privilege thing—it's kind of similar to how they try to get at Steph, but Steph, but Steph is a superstar and he routinely roasts them, so they can't really <laughs> say too much. They got to just eat it. And I'm just being real. I mean, when he roasts you, win a championship, you can't, you can't say, say nothing. nothing. Yeah, so they want to, but you know they need to just let that, let, I mean, the jealousy go, man. Because at the end of the day, man, Doc ain't the one out there defending. Doc ain't the one making no shots. He is. He just giving them an opportunity, and he he took it around with it, just like he did other players. So. I mean, it's just childish stuff. Um, if they were really going to do something, they could have did it. You know, if you really that big of a man. Like, I remember when uh, KD said what he said that Melo, blah, blah, blah. You know, Melo was about to bust solo. <laughs> he ain't, it wasn't nothing. He wasn't getting the crew. He wanted to handle that man to man. That's what that's about. So, um, I think I'm just waiting for the aftermath because it's definitely going to be some suspensions. And mm-hmm. then how that going to affect your team moving forward. So, what at the end of the day, was it worth it? No. It's stupid. So. Moving on. Uh, still, his quarterback Ben Roethlisberger said oh, he plans gosh, to return man. next season and wants to play three more years. Ideal for the Steelers. No, he need he gotta go. Oh, he, man. he can he can play them three years wherever he wants to. Just not Pittsburgh. He gotta go. Because I'm I'm over really? here. Yeah, because I'm over here. I, every 10 I, seconds. I feel like that my back Thank hurts you. when he's playing. Like hey. I feel like <laughs> I feel like my body hurts when he like moves. I feel like it's it's it's. it's I mean, he can still throw. Don't get me wrong, but. Mm-hmm. He 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 can't move the same, and, and to me the game is speeding up, and, and, and these kids coming out of, out of college is getting bigger mm-hmm. and faster, and they gonna hit you harder, <laughs> and you don't want it to be the point where you re, you retiring because you hurt, not not you retiring because you were great, you were great Steelers, you want you won uh, championships and things like that, and you ready to move on to the next chapter of your life, but it's because your back hurt and it's broken and your ankle broken and your arm don't work no more. You don't, you don't want that. I just I'm sick of him because every ten seconds he does something wrong, it's Mike Thomas' fault. So I'm done with Ben. I'm done with this. If this was a different quarterback, a younger quarterback ripping his coach every ten seconds, people would be going in. Ben has been doing this for like the last three or four years. I'm just over him. Right, because Tomlin didn't throw those interceptions. Yeah. But you know. and, and and again, like the Jaguars' defense has you shook. That's not a Tomlin issue. Mm-hmm. Let's call it what it is. You're scared of Jalen, Yannick, Malik. Marcel Darius, Telvin Smith, that's a personal you issue. So you're going to get hit. And that's you know the thing. Like before, <laughs> when you were young, you were bigger than all those, those <laughs> and you, That's dudes. what I'm saying. They getting like, bigger and Jackson bigger. Jacksonville don't got time for that. Right. So, so nah. Oh, uh, NBA referees injecting <laughs> giving out fouls at the all-text flavors at the all-time rate. How do you feel on that? How do you guys feel about that? I feel like this is like their rebellion. Like, I feel like. They are like, cause I always say it like this, like, of course, in the in the heat of the game, you know, guys get upset, but they forget that these they, they're not just refs. Like, these are grown men too, and they're not about to keep taking. It's like you gotta think about it, like they have the power, like they can get you out of their face if they want to. So, like, you're not gonna win. Just like I, I was watching um, Sports Center earlier, and Mike Wilbon was talking about when Melo was saying like, I'm done with these guys, done with these refs and everything. He was like, No, you're not. Like. 
they're going to be there every night. This is not shirts versus skins. Like, they're going to be there, so you can't be done with them. They could be done with you and send you to the locker room. So I feel like, you know, we, we give them passes a lot because, like I said, it is an emotional situation, but they got to rein it in because the refs don't, at this point, they don't care. they like, you're not going to keep berating me as a grown man. You know, like, if you on the street, nobody's going to deal with that. So if you in the middle of a game where you're getting paid to play and every time you get text and every time you get thrown out of games, that's money coming out of your pocket. So, and you're hurting your team if you're a pivotal player on your team, you know. So, like, my thing is I, I, I don't understand it. Like, I don't know. I've never been like that, like, playing basketball growing up. Yeah, you get upset, but, like, what is, what's the point of continuing to argue with the referee about? They've already made the call. They're not going to change it unless it's something so blatant that you see the other ref coming over to talk to him about, like, no, that wasn't the right call. You yelling at them is not going to change the situation, so why? Yeah, I mean, it's become toxic between players and, and refs and re, uh, officials. But, uh, yeah, I'm kind of, as, as much as it says, I've been sick of the whining for, like, the last four or five years. People whine oh, every – I've been trying to be nice. Four, <laughs> like, like, oh my, like, how many times do you watch a game and you see, like, two people not getting back down court That's to argue the same saying. call? And they score. Right? And they score. So, again, going back to, like, your ego thing, is like, all right, you're going to get hit. It's professional sports. Put your team before yourself and get over it. They're either going to call it or they're not. But you yelling at them is not going to make it any type of better. So I don't, I don't think it's going to get any better. So there's some type of respect shown to them. Because, like, now the rest are to the point where they make a Like, before they make a mistake, you can talk about it, you know, and address it. Now they make a mistake, it's like, yeah, we made it. So what? Got something to say? I mean, they're doing it. They're doing it retaliation because they don't feel like the league protects them. Mm-hmm. And they get abused. You can yeah. just see it. It's like, mm-hmm. as Eric Hall, bottom line, the players need to stop being, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, plain and simple. You it's travel, you travel, know every time you get touched, it's not a foul. You took a bad shot. You know what I'm saying? You threw that turnover. It was a bad pass. <laughs> don't don't look like, what's, what's on? Like, like, man, own it. Yep. You know you messed up. Because even, like, when LeBron stepped out of bounds a couple weeks ago, I forgot who they was playing the late game, and um, he didn't get Milwaukee. the shot off. Okay, yeah. Milwaukee. He baseline. And he, he – he ain't really say nothing there, but he got on Twitter and said, you know what, you know, it was the right call. I did step out of line. He said, I wish I was in OKC, though, referring to when Gianna stepped out of line, but they ain't called it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's still you taking a little yeah, shot right. at them, and they see that. And it's not just the NBA. I mean, I literally saw the North Carolina game. Joel Berry was like, yo, and the ref turned his back yeah. to him. was like looking at the crowd like, I don't got time. Drop the ball. And he was like, what? They're fed up. And you saw with Sean Livingston and the ref. You ain't never seen a ref give fit my hands and the snow was yeah. like, I left too. <laughs> I told you, like, I'm a man too. What's up? You know, so you just get tired of that, man. So stop crying so much and treat them like you mean, like go talk to him. Mm-hmm. If you talk to him, you might get a better response. Like, what did I do? And like a lot of stuff back in the day in the league in a different era that we used to tell you, you used to hear Mr. Ref. Matter of fact, you I'll, know? Give you, I'll give you a good example. When um, Grant Hill was a rookie, he did a bad call. And um, he was about to talk to him. Joe Dumas said, no, 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 let me talk to him. Because he, it was a vol. I forgot, right. I think it was Steve Jabby, one of the volunteers ever. So mm-hmm. he went to him and was like, um, Steve, what did he do? So I could tell him. He's like, no, he drove to the lane. He hooked him. That's why I called the foul. You can't do that. He said, okay. See, he diffused that. But Grant Hill being a rookie, he was about to like, yo, what, why you do? Because he could get away with that in right. college, but he couldn't get away with that. It's See, you got to recognize that, but that's Joe Dumas, cooler head, being a vet, protecting him. So other guys got to do that. Um one, one, yeah, one, go ahead. One more. All right, one more. Uh, you know, it's a report out that uh, following the loss of the Warriors, multiple players expressed growing discont- discontent and a strong sense of concern that unlike the past season, the Cavs do not have the capabilities to fix its issues and get back on the championship track. Basically, what I'm asking is, is it over? <laughs> I feel like we, th- this is the crazy thing. Like, I feel like we do this every year, but I, I, can, I can't 100% say it's over because of their track record. But it, it, it looks really bleak right now. I feel like at the, at the end of the day, even though we've done this every year, they've never come out and actually expressed, like, I don't know if we got it. You know, and, and even listening to, like, the reports from lately, like, you know, them being the oldest team in the NBA, and even their coach saying they're the slowest team in yeah. the NBA. You know, so it's like it, it, it's, it's mental lapses. It's, it's physical deficiencies as well. You know, people are old. You know, the fact that they are – 
I was watching a game um, last night when they played the the Warriors, and they were talking about like, oh yeah, you know, Dwayne Wade, he had a game break, so you know maybe he'll be good tonight. Like, y'all don't have time for that. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure he was glad he got a break, but they need players that's gonna play every night and be good and keep it moving, you know. Because like we keep saying, like, the East not as soft as it's been in these past couple of years. Like, you're not just going to walk through everybody anymore. So, um, it's definitely looks bleak at this point. And I think it looks even more bleak, the fact that there's actually reports of people saying that, you know, they don't even feel like they got it. So, it's like if they don't feel like they got it, you know. And even Tyron Lue was trying to backtrack, saying it's not an effort thing. It is an effort thing. It's an effort thing. It's a it's an age thing. It's a it's a physicality thing. It's an IQ thing at this point. You know, it's a defensive thing at this point. They got a lot of issues that they need to work out. Go ahead, Carter. I mean, I feel like like you said, they do have a lot of issues, and it started at the top. You know, I'm hearing reports. You know that, you know, Dan Gilbert is pissed because he feel like LeBron basically got everything in the palm of his hands as far as the franchise. They don't know which way to go because he's not committing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and that's probably the reason why Pat Riley ain't just hand over the franchise in a sense, like, yeah, we're going to do what you want because this is what happens when a player either gets too old and they got to retire or they may want to leave. And then you you, you you left with nothing, basically. So then you left rebounding, trying to pick up the pieces and stuff. And and that's why you just don't kind of just hand that over, even though he's worthy of it. But still, you know, it is what it is. Um, they got a lot of issues that start at the top internally. They got to iron out. And um, they got about five months, four and a half months. I, it, it's hard for me to see them kind of rebounding. But I'm not just saying getting out the East, even that, you know, they still the favorites to get out the East. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's going to be a tougher road. And by the time they get to the Warriors, they, and the Warriors going to just be like, we're just going to take y'all out. We're going to just put the knife, you know. Real easy like they did last year. And, and uh, Chuck don't even think they're going to get out the day going east. It's going to be a war. <laughs> I mean, you know? that's the thing. Like, they're going to have more wounds on them if they get out the east. Exactly. It's going to be longer, harder series mm-hmm. if they do get out. And by the time they get to the Warriors, who's going to be well-rested. <laughs> Look, man, just. Hey, hey, real quick, shout out to uh, the Lakers for giving Elgin Baylor his own statue. Yes. Way, 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 way overdue. <laughs> I was like, y'all I mean, like, come on, man. He one of the greatest that ever did it. Y'all and the Lakers. And until KD came, he was the greatest that came out of our area. So salute to you know the all-time great the legend. Yeah, I mean, they put themselves behind with that with Kyrie departing as it pertains to go to state. Mm-hmm. I don't think they realize how much, and it is what it is. Like right now, that that margin of victory that they have over the Cavs continues to grow. So that, that's an issue. They, yeah, it's an issue they're gonna have to deal with. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>